Today, my guest is Matt Hensler. He is an executive consultant at InSwing. He leverages revenue, marketing, and customer experience strategies to help companies identify, build, and grow initiatives while being human in the process, which makes you a perfect guest for us on this podcast. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for coming on the show. Of course, Andrew, it's great to talk to you always. So we're seeing a big uh, movement towards humanizing marketing and content in the B2B world. And I was just curious, you know, what's your take on that? How, uh, how did you arrive in this world and, and why do you think humanizing is so important? Um, well, I mean, I think that, um, you know, business is human, right? Like human interaction is kind of what drives us all. Uh, and, and I think the last couple of years in particular has really proven that. Um, you know, I think that over the last decade, uh, marketing has tried to kind of take a different approach, which is a little bit more, um, you know, scale and automation. And you know, what we've learned is that can help, uh, but you can't relinquish the human part of it. And so, you know, people are understanding that that still needs to get built in. Um, and, you know, in the B2B space, there's that adage of, you know, people buy for people, you know, relationships are important. Um, and you can't, you can kind of replicate relationships through marketing uh, to start them, but you can't um, you, you can't avoid them completely, right? And uh, that's what I think people are really finding, and uh, that's why there's such a, a focus on well, how do you build that human relationship into the work um, that that you do? Because you know that's ultimately it's through that connection um, that the, the the sales happen, the business relationships get started, and uh, and how you know companies start to thrive together. Absolutely. And as someone pointed out to me recently, this humanization is accelerating because with the pandemic, people working from home, we were forced to confront the fact that we do, in fact, work with other human beings and they have households and interruptions and uh, a daily life that has nothing to do with work. And so I think just seeing that on the screen and connecting with each other, you know, as people, um, it's interesting as as that shift has occurred, because especially working in the tech world, it's always about the technology. And for tech nerds like me, it's a lot of fun to talk about the technology, but we forget that all that technology exists for people and it's people right. administrating all of it. So I don't know about you, but I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be a, a tech marketer uh, in the enterprise or in the channel space. Um, was this one of your childhood dreams or did you end up here uh, by a different means? You know, it's... Uh, it, I long knew that I wanted to uh, work in advertising. Um, and so that was something that uh, I was interested in, at least starting in high school. Uh, and, you know, I spent a lot of time as an account executive and client strategist on the agency side. Um, and, you know, what I wasn't planning on, like when you think about that when you're younger, you know, you're thinking about, you know, Nike commercials and, you know, maybe McDonald's commercials and kind of those more consumer oriented brands. Um, but I would say 98% of my career has been spent in business to business. And I've always been fascinated by it because that's where you really, you know, in industry and in manufacturing, uh, in technology, you just learn a lot about how things work. And, and I'm just kind of always been a naturally curious person. And so I've gravitated to that. Um, but certainly, you know, you don't, you don't grow up or go to college thinking like, I'm going to be a B2B, you know, marketer consultant when I grow up. I didn't either, but I find passion in it 
for some of the some of the same reasons some of that's making cool stuff you know you and i met a few years ago and worked on some cool things together but i'm curious what are what are your some of the favorite things you've worked on um you know i i uh product launches are always interesting you know that's where you like learn and kind of start to um you know, kind of get your get your roll up your sleeves and get your hands a little bit dirty in terms of like how do these products work who are they for how do we you know create interest and demand in them you know kind of looking at that more broadly like i you know i said i spent a lot of time in the agency space um you know where we first connected was when i headed up customer success at a software company called allbound which is a partner relationship management company and you know we um did a few different projects together um and, you know, one of the things that you know, incentive programs being one of them, like really around, like, how do you incentivize people then sales channel sales reps specifically to, to, to take action and, and get engaged? And, you know, one of the philosophies that we really built into our approach at Allbound um, was this kind of idea that, and this goes back to the human first principle, you know, that you were chatting about so often you know people try to motivate sellers through control right they try to exert control on those uh sellers rather than try to foster participation right it's like you do this you get that and you know rather than sort of create an environment where they look at it and say i want to engage with that and i want to participate in it and you know through that experience i know i'll get rewarded and so, you know, one of the sort of eye-opening things for us was that oftentimes salespeople are motivated or incentivized off outcomes, right? They sold a certain amount in a certain time period or a certain product, and so they get a spiff or they get an extra bonus or an extra percentage of commission. Um, we were really focused on how, you know, what what leads to those outcomes. You know, what are the behaviors? What are that that form habits? Um, you know, what are the selling activities that we want them to engage in or that our clients and users of the owners of the software want to engage in on, want them to engage in on behalf of their brands. And that's where we really try to orient the incentives. So social sharing, you know, they had a feature called prospect pages, standing those up. And then in participating in those activities, they would get incentivized. And, you know, that was, um, you know, kind of a core idea that, that we took into things and sort of aligned with that was choice. You know, too often, um, you, you know, you're pretty active uh, on LinkedIn. And I think I remember a comment you put out once, like how many, you know, branded uh, thermal mugs do you have? And, you know, it's like, you can only have so many, you can only give away so many once you get them. Uh, and so, um, you know, like we, gift card incentives, you know, I know, uh, you know, incentive pilot uses those and, and, and having the ability to like choose what those incentives are, I think empowers people a lot too. And just, you know, it allows them to personalize that incentive for themselves, right? It's like based on what they value, um, versus what you think has value. Those are some great tips. Couldn't really have said it better myself. I think one of the things we've learned is that um, there's a place for a lot of different prizes, but variety can be a huge help in how you deliver programs from anything from how a program structured to the reward itself, you know, variety being the spice of life also works for, uh, incentive programs, I guess. But, um, you know, the most, 
kind of the key element we find in, in great programs are a great experience for the people participating. And some of that goes along with, you know, a theme or a narrative or an idea. Um, what are some of the fun things that, that you've tried out when it comes to creating that good experience? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, and one of the things having been in B2B channel, you know, so, so like every B2B organization seems to have a channel, whether it's a, you know, manufacturing company that has distributors, um, you know, or a tech company that has, you know, referral partners or value added resellers um, that help, you know, implement and install their technology. Um, but there's a lot of other industries that have kind of a quote unquote channel. And, you know, I, I, I headed up um, marketing uh, at uh, HomeSmart International, which is a big uh, real estate franchisor and, and brokerage. Um, and, you know, on that idea of fostering participation, you know, they at the time um, had, you know, approximately 15,000 agents nationally across their franchise network. And, you know, we were really you know, trying to put in programs that helped them leverage the brand in ways that had touch points with their clients, you know, consumers and homeowners. Um, and, you know, this is something that we worked on together, not in the context of incentive pilot, but, you know, some of the design work you do, um, which, which was um, like texting is a huge uh, form of communication and, and, you know, especially in the real estate space. Uh, and, you know, that's the kind of a way that a lot of agents communicate with, uh, with their clients and with their prospects. Uh, and so we sort of capitalized on that and Apple had at the time just rolled out <clears throat> their iMessage stickers. And so we built a set and we did so in a way that had sort of like a light touch with the home smart brand, kind of like some recognizable components without making them too specific to the brand, because what we wanted to do is make sure that our agents had this resource and asset that they could use that because um, a lot of times you know agents like to have their own brand right they have their picture and their name on the sign the brokerage is on there because by law they have to have it on there like by choice they probably wouldn't right and so they're usually putting their brand front and center and so the idea there was like it, fostering participation with our brand and, and creating this like incentive for them like with this free tool uh to do that um, but then because we sort of were light touch with the brand, you know, we also made it available to prospective agents who were already doing this, right? So recruitment was a huge part of the marketing that we do and try to build that channel of uh, independent sellers uh, who were associated to uh, the brands nationally. Uh, and we just got, we got a ton of really good feedback um, and they were fun to use, you know, and it was like fun. I used to just, I'm not a real estate agent and I would share them just for fun, you know, when it was appropriate uh, with just people, because I thought it was like a cool, cool thing that we did. But the other component to keep in mind is it's not just that channel rep, uh, you know, it, regardless of the industry, it's like, who are they connecting with? And how are you helping them connect people back to your brand? And so we extended the idea of those stickers further. And we printed out sheets of stickers. Now, Andrew, I know you have what, like eight month old? Is that right? Nine month old? She's almost a year now. Yeah. Okay. So uh, getting close, your world is going to like be filled with stickers for <laughs> like the next decade. 
uh, you go to Trader Joe's, you know, so many different places, you're going to leave with stickers that end up in your car and like on your floor and on doors in your house. Um, so we printed these sheets of stickers that uh, the agents could then put in side of listing presentations. Uh, and so, you know, this was a way for them to like leave something behind to, you know, again, create this sort of like natural extension of the brand. That's what sellers are doing, right? They're sort of like connecting people back to your brand, your product offering. If you can make that memorable and then build some enthusiasm around it in the process, like you're, you're winning, you know, and, uh, you know, particularly with, um, sales reps, if you make it easy for them to not only connect that brand out there to their prospects and customer base and find cool ways to incentivize them in the process, you know, it's kind of a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. I love that. Helping people connect with other people, connecting with your brand, because it is that connection. And that's the connection that adds to the experience. And I love you guys took a physical. I didn't know, know about that. I mean, you guys, uh, you're doing metaverse before, uh, before it was a thing. Or maybe reverse metaverse, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're like forcing people that have physical in-person interactions. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to think of what the uh, what the tech enterprise you know label for this would be. Be like uh, the reverse verse hybrid sticker force, something like that. <laughs> there you go. That that would be the thing. Like in the metaverse, creating stickers that people can then like peel off and stick on like digital documents. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's going to be the next 10 years are going to be wild. I know that. <laughs> yeah. The next 10 episodes will be you and me brainstorming how to do this reverse NFT sticker thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, and those, those are fun things that we actually saw, you know, out there in the world. You know, the one thing being an agency person, you know, you create a lot of ideas, right? And businesses in general, like they have a lot of ideas that end up sort of parked by the wayside. I always refer to them as, of the parking lot of ideas you know i've been in so many meetings where someone you know brings something up and you know then it's like that's great and then everyone's eyes glaze over like with overwhelm of there's no way we're going to get to that right now let's put it in the parking lot well nothing no one ever goes back to the parking lot to get those good ideas out and that's actually where i've started to you know work with uh with companies is like let's shake loose those cool ideas and like figure out which ones still have merit and then bring them to the bring them to the forefront. And, uh, you know, one other kind of fun project that I wanted to chat about was, like I always refer to it as like the one that got away, right? And one of the things that I wanted to use in my last, point out in my last example is like, you, you think through all of those different touch points. Um, and, you know, early in my career, like there was this eye-opening exercise where, you know, the agency strategist that I learned a lot from, he, you know, was, we were working on a branding engagement and, you know, drew a stick figure and then started to, you know, list out all of the things that people think about when they think of marketing, you know, website and brochures and things of that nature. And then started to list out all of the things like customer support and an office building and, you know, the product itself and all of these different touch points that people have with your brand that oftentimes, unfortunately, anymore, people don't think about as marketing as much. Um, but it's definitely part of like the original, you know, uh, for uh, P's of marketing. Um, and you know, that was always like super eye opening. And I think understanding all of the connection points that your brand has, you know, across the board and who needs to be motivated across each of them becomes really important. And, you know, when it comes to different incentive programs, 
you have to think through those different layers of incentive. So with partners, you know, there's like the executives at the partner organization, there are the sellers, there are the sales managers. And, you know, you really have to try to become kind of top of mind for all of those individuals. So it's not just as easy as rolling out like a single incentive program. Um, and, you know, I was in an organization once that really did a lot to, to, to focus on these types of like enablement and engagement programs that kind of like span different levels. One example um, I didn't work on, but some of my good colleagues did was uh, a um, Kentucky Derby themed incentive, you know, where I think the, the high uh, sales, like the high net partners uh, ended up being able to go to the Kentucky Derby for this Kentucky Derby experience. It was great, but the value to the individual sellers was there because you can't, you know, you're not going to take 300 salespeople to the Kentucky Derby. And so we did an iteration uh, for, um, I think it was Cisco and NetApp, uh, where we were trying to um, figure out how to make those incentives have a few different layers. And we came up with this master's experience, uh, kind of golf themed one. Um, and so laid it all out, you know, the incentive for the executives would be this master's experience, actually being able to go to the master's. Um, but then, you know, as we were kind of like working through the whole program, we had this idea of like, how do you span this program over, you know, nine weeks, nine holes of golf. And, you know, at that time, this is like over 10 years ago, uh, the investment to create kind of like an individual game of, you know, that could be fun for those sellers, kind of golf themed, definitely not golden tee, but kind of a more basic version of that. Um, I think we just like never got that, that we could never like cross that big hurdle of eh, how are we going to build, build that out? Um, just, it, it would have been too, too big of an investment. Now, these days, I'm like, man, if there was only an organization who had the ability to create some very basic, you know, but fun golf themed uh, game. Uh, so just, you know, if you know anyone like that, Andrew, it'd be great yeah, for you to kind of put something in their ear about it. <laughs> I'll rack my brain and uh, start building that time machine so we can go back and do it for you. Like That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the, you know, it's like the, it's always one of the things that I, we talked about in preparation for this is just talking about some of these different examples as thought starters for whoever is listening, right? Because that, I think, um, being an ad person uh, by background, um, kind of the proverbial ad guy, um, there's always this like saying of like, there's no such thing as an original idea, right? But, you know, if anyone can take any of these ideas and uh, either recycle them or it forms some other cool, brilliant way for them to engage their sales reps or their channel. Um, I think we would have a big win, uh, from this conversation if that happened. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe there's no new ideas, but there are remixes and there are new combinations. And uh, right. I think something really important to kind of hit on when you're thinking about that golf game and yeah, it could be super simple. And one of the big misconceptions about gamification is that, I've got to mastermind this, you know, psychological experiment that is going to trick someone into thinking they're playing a game when they're really working. And yeah. the reality is that, no, that's, that's one that's probably impossible. And 
two, really hard, and three, it's stupid. It's not necessary because guess what's fun? A super simple little golf game. And if you can work in that super simple little golf game into an activity or into a program or into an experience of work, it's still helping move the needle on these things. And so I think helping people kind of not overthink gamification is a big goal for us this year. And uh, I love your, I love the point you make about inspiring others because it does have, it doesn't have to be complicated. It could be really simple yeah. to be really effective. That's such a fair point. And I think, um, you know, too often we like to try to make things overly complex, right? It goes back to that idea of exerting the control. Like we want to create too many rules when, you know, the simple outcome you want is for those reps to spend the time they need to, to learn the offer, you know, for them to kind of elevate it in their awareness and in their conversations with their prospects. Um, and part of the way you do that is to help create enthusiasm among those reps and those sellers for your brand. And, you know, if they know that uh, they can take a couple of like do the things that they need to be doing anyway to support their job, but have a little bit of fun in the process. Again, that's a, you're, you're that's almost all you need to do. Um, you know, and, and not try to make it overly complex because again, the the second they have to start reading like a sheet that explains all the rules, we don't like to do that. You know, I mean, how often do we open up things and throw aside the directions because we just want to you know get right into the, into the thing. Uh, we don't want to read directions. You know, it's a, that's a great example. I'm going to remember that one. The way I think about it that still puzzles me as I think about solving these problems is that I love to learn. I love to learn new things. Um, but if you are trying to force me to learn something, I'm not interested at all, right? And so what's that yeah. dynamic where um, it's kind of like eating vegetables or, or having a salad instead of the hamburger? It's like, I know it's good for me. And when I want a salad, I feel empowered to eat healthy. But if you're telling me I should eat a salad, I'm really going for the pizza. And there's some sort of strange human dynamic there. And, yeah. and adding some fun to the mix can really make it easier to, to choose the salad. I agree. Well, that's a whole, that's a whole different strategy though. Just getting people to eat more salad. True. True. I guess uh, I'm mixing metaphors, but, uh, <laughs> but the point is that little, little changes can go a long way and adding some fun to the mix can uh, change the way you look at stuff. So Matt, we know that uh, you can architect these, these programs for other folks and uh, do a great job adding a lot of context of, of the complexities and making it simple for them. But my question is, are you good at clicking your mouse and playing a, playing a, a game? You know, I was super excited about uh, talking to you. I always am. This part I'm not as, as excited about. <laughs> like, I, I, like, you know, any of my friends growing up would be like, wait, you're going to, you're going to actually like play a video game live in front of uh, other people. Cause they always knew like they just, I've like, two left thumbs if that's a thing uh and and so but i'm i'm willing to give it a shot because uh it it always looks fun uh when i've when i've seen uh demonstrations of it cool well i'm gonna ask you to share your screen there's a button there to share your screen and then click the link in the chat and when you pull that up i'll be able to see it just one second and uh just so everybody knows this is a fair and level playing field because none of our guests have played beforehand. Everybody's coming in cold. It's the, it's the slightly unpleasant part uh, that we subject you to as a guest on this podcast. Right. 
Here so we go. This game is called Tap to Flap. Um, Did so I really just lose that quickly? Doesn't matter. We haven't started yet. So this game is called Tap to Flap. It's just like Flappy Bird. You click to to flap your bird, which in our case is an eyeball for the name of the podcast. And we're going to let you play for 60 seconds. As soon as you die, just click and do it again, and we'll record your highest score. Does that sound good? That sounds great. All, All right, right. Give us a click. I'll start the timer. All right. Go. Oh, okay. Oh. You're going to learn. Man. You got it. You got this. Yeah, you got to get the hang of it. One, one's better than zero. You got it, man. This is a. Are you on a laptop? I am. I'm. That I'm might, that using might make it harder. Trackpad. Uh oh. <laughs> Do you have a mouse lying around? I'll give you a mulligan. Um, I have a, I have a, I have my trackpad on my computer, and then like a trackpad on the side. Yeah, ah, double is, trackpad. Yeah. I I told you I wasn't lying. No, you my uh, ten year old would be embarrassed for me right now. All right. Well, I can see why every why sellers would <laughs> want to show up to try to have another shot at this every single day. Uh, that it's available. All right, your minute's up. I think your high score is one, Matt. Hey, you know what? As you said, it's better than zero. It's better than zero. And as the first guest, you are currently in first place for Tap to Flap. So congratulations. I'll take it. All right. It's like until uh, until I get unseated, uh, I will be number one on the leaderboard. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, we'll have you as number one on the leaderboard published uh, live on the website. Thank you for, for playing the game and thanks for coming on to, to share your perspective on this stuff. Uh, you know, I really value your, your opinion and insights. If folks want to get in touch with you, work with you, or just want to kind of continue the conversation, um, you know, what are you doing these days and where can they find you? Yeah. So LinkedIn is definitely like the easiest place to find me, uh, Matt Hensler. Uh, and, uh, you know, I also have a LinkedIn company page with, uh, in swing, uh, and so, you know, I sort of alluded to it a couple of times, um, an executive consultant partnering with people to really identify those great ideas sitting idle in their parking lot. And um, those span, you know, revenue, marketing, customer success uh, strategies and, uh, um, you know, try to shake those loose and, you know, get them moving forward and see them come to fruition so that, you know, they can realize the high growth potential uh, of those without putting extra strain on uh, their internal resources while those come together. Very cool. And I obviously couldn't recommend you uh, enough to folks. Uh, I've had so much fun working with you over the years. So that does it for uh, the show today. Thank you for joining us. As always, this is brought to you by Incentive Pilot, where we add games and rewards to enablement, and you can skyrocket revenue. If you're curious how much, go check out the website, incentivepilot.com, and we'll see you again soon.